We're very thankful today to be joined by Michael Wall. He is a doctor and I believe the director of the Illinois Poison Control Center. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me today. Did I get your title correct? Yeah, so I am the medical director of the Illinois Poison Center. And tell us, uh, how long have you been in that role, and how did you come to take that uh, particular role on? Well, so I have been the medical director since 1998, so I guess that's 24 years. I'm an emergency medicine uh, physician by training and a, a fellowship in medical toxicology. And just the Illinois Poison Center, because of the role that we have in providing uh, medical toxicology information to the public, as well as to hospitals and the staff at hospitals. Um, just by regulation, you need to be a board-certified medical toxicologist to be the medical director of a poison center. Well, and we're chatting with you today because a press release was sent out that read, Illinois Poison Center reminds public of safety measures to prevent foodborne illnesses and poisonings this summer. And I think that the reason to highlight this is the Memorial Day weekend coming up, of course, and many people are going to be out uh, barbecuing in their backyards, etc. And sometimes what ought to be a very relaxing situation can turn into a rather unpleasant one if people don't take the proper measures. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think after the last two years, we're really expecting that there are going to be a lot of family gatherings, you know, whether it's barbecues and picnics and those sorts of things. And uh, certainly with multi-generational gatherings with small kids and teenagers and adults and grandparents, as families or friends come together, you know, there's a joyful chaos. There's a, there's a joyful mayhem that goes about with throwing the ball and frisbees and things like that. And I think it's possible that people will make mistakes in their fruit preparation and their food storage um, during these, these times. And you're absolutely right. If we're not careful, um, there can be a foodborne illness with nausea and vomiting and diarrhea. And what is the most common foodborne illness? You hear people say, ah, I think I got a case of food, uh, food poisoning. What is that really from a medical standpoint? Wow. That, so um, for most foodborne poisonings, you can break them out into either toxin-mediated or a poisoning from the bacteria itself. So toxin-mediated would be like Staph aureus. It grows on the food at the right temperatures and it secretes a toxin, which then makes people sick within two to six hours after eating the food. The other type of food poisoning is um, where the bacteria grow on the food because it's being stored at the right temperature for great bacterial growth. And common um, bacteria would be something like salmonella or E. coli, um, which will then grow um, to large amounts on the food. And, and what happens is that our body has the ability to um, mitigate small amounts of, of bacteria, but if there are large amounts of bacteria on the food, it will overwhelm our defense systems and then grow in our stomachs and our intestines and make us very ill a day or two after ingestion of the food. And are people hospitalized routinely or do people die from food poisoning? So death can happen, um, and people are hospitalized from this. I think uh, the CDC says there's about 48 million cases of foodborne illness annually in the U.S., um, and about uh, 128,000 hospitalizations and 3,000 deaths. I think what's important to know is that really the, there are four groups that 
um, are most susceptible to uh, severe effects from food poisoning. One is the very young, so less than two years of age, um, just because dehydration is such an issue. And then the elderly, just because of fluid issues, they also are very susceptible to dehydration. And then people with chronic medical problems, so an uh, example would be renal failure. And then the last group, and certainly also a very important group, are pregnant females, um, because there's really two patients there. Right? There's the mom and the developing fetus, who both can be exquisitely sensitive to dehydration, or depending on the bug, um, illness from the bug that's, that's, uh, that was ingested. Now, what is the most common mistake that people make when it comes to food, uh, food safety and, and properly preparing uh, food? Yeah, so I think that there are four areas where um, people need to concentrate in terms of food preparation and storage. You know, one is, is clean. Um, so obviously clean your hands, clean the surfaces that uh, may be contaminated, cutting boards and things like that. The other is separating, separating certain foods. There are some foods that um, have a high risk of bacterial uh, contamination, such as meat, poultry, seafood, and eggs. It's really important to keep those separated with separate cutting boards or separate plates from fruits and vegetables. Uh, the other is cooking to the right temperature, and I have to admit I'm, I'm not always good about this. It's not as good as I should be, but making sure that the food is cooked to the right temperature so that uh, that bacteria cannot survive the cooking process. So things like uh, hamburgers, ground beef should be cooked to about 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, fish and beef and pork and lamb should be cooked to about 145 degrees Fahrenheit. And certainly any leftovers that are reheated are about 165. And then the last part, especially at picnics and barbecues, is to chill or refrigerate promptly. So two hours is kind of the magic mark where food is out for that period of time and is not actively chilled or actively heated um, to put it back into the refrigerator. The danger period we had talked about bacteria growing is between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees Fahrenheit. And in between that range, the bacteria can grow very, very quickly, which then can lead to foodborne illness once consumed. Dr. Michael Wall is with us today. He is with the Illinois Poison Center. The other thing that oftentimes comes out when we're talking about these sorts of gatherings, tiki torch oils, lighter fluids, these things are all very, very, very poisonous if ingested, particularly, you know, children are the ones with their curious minds and hands that are likely to get into uh, such a thing. And so just making sure those are up and out of the uh, the reach of, of young ones is uh, very important. Absolutely. You know, especially these lighter um Petroleum-based products uh, such as tiki torch oils and lighter fluids, they are very, very dangerous and potentially fatal if they're inhaled into the lungs. They can cause uh, uh, failure of the lungs and death. But I think um, you hit the point of keeping things high, out of reach from children um, once the product is being used. And whether it's tiki torch oil or bug repellent or sunscreen, um, those are really important poison prevention um, strategies uh, to keep young children from being injured. Now, I used to work at a grocery store, and I remember we used to sell a product called Syrup of Epicac, and it was used to basically expel the contents of the stomach if somebody would swallow something poisonous. And I often heard also that that wasn't always 
the right thing to do, depending upon what uh, would be swallowed by, say, a child. So what should people do? Is there any rules of thumb that people should have in their minds? Should they come across the unfortunate situation where they believe someone has um, drank something or uh, has has become ill from poisoning? Yeah, so I, I think, first of all, I'll say that uh, the recommendations are not to make people throw up anymore. Um, syrup of Epicac has been off the market for over a decade now, as we found out that it actually probably caused more harm than good. Um, but I, I would recommend if there's any concerns about a poisoning to call the Illinois Poison Center. We are staffed by nurses and pharmacists um, with physicians on backup call to answer any questions that people may have. Most often, um, Poisonings in the home or poison exposures in the home can be handled with simple first aid instructions about 10% of the time just because there is a, a, an increased danger of the poison or the substance that was ingested or inhaled or gotten on the skin. We will recommend that people go to the ER, but 90% of the time we can keep people at home with simple first aid instructions and they can continue about their day and enjoy their day. And that uh, helpline is 800 800- Two 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 twelve twenty two, and you know these sorts of numbers. It's just good to have them posted, whether it's just on the refrigerator or, or somewhere handy. Of course, we all have smartphones that we can program them into, and that's probably the more modern thing to do. But in any case, uh, good information to have at the ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, the number is one eight hundred two 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 one two two two, and we're available twenty four seven three sixty five to serve all of Illinois. Doctor, anything else you think is important to mention before we let you go today? You know, I, I think uh, um, just to be really careful. We want everyone to be safe and happy throughout this uh, this three day weekend and through this all summer long. Excellent. We thank you for your time. We hope you have a great day. All right. Thank you very much, sir.